Heavenly Father, we thank you that you hear our prayer. We pray that we would hear your voice as you speak to us now. Help us to know that you are with us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure you've heard uh, the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never harm me or hurt me, yes. But is that actually true? Is it? No, I'm glad you said that. Um, You see, we might teach this rhyme to our children to tell them to never worry about what someone says to them or about them but it's just not true so many people's experience would suggest that long after a broken bone would have healed that the ongoing harm from words and names continues to be felt so you find that 20 Or 30 or 50 years later, you still hear that voice telling you that you're stupid or you're useless or whatever it was that was said about you. So how do you respond when someone attacks you with their words or when they badmouth you to other people? Do you start spreading some rumours about them in revenge? Do you come up with some sharp-tongued words of your own? Well, while those options might seem satisfying, it's probably not going to help in the long term. So what is it we are to do? Well, someone once said of the Bible that all human life is here. And in our psalm this morning, psalm number 4, on page 544, if you've closed your Bible. In our psalm this morning, we find that actually David is facing that same circumstance. He's facing opposition. He's under attack from a verbal assault. Now whether or not this is connected to Psalm 3, the one we looked at last week, and Absalom's rebellion... Some people think it might be, but we're not told for sure, so we're not going to assume that. We see how David responds to this opposition. So what does David do? Well, first of all, he cries out to God. We see this in verse 1. Look at it with me. He says, answer me when I call to you. O my righteous God, give me relief from my distress. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. Notice that he goes to God first. You see, so often we're likely to tell everyone else about our situations and about our problems before we think to tell God or go to him. Did you hear what they said about me? Imagine them saying that about me. 
But David doesn't do that. He goes directly to God. And do you see how he describes God as he calls out to him? He says, oh my righteous God. God is my God. There's a a personal relationship here. But also an awareness that God is righteous and just and holy. My righteous God. So what does he want God to do for him? Well, there are three or maybe four requests in that first verse. He wants God to answer me, give me relief from my distress, be merciful to me, and hear my prayer. David asks God to help him. He says that he is in distress, he needs relief. The situation has been getting to him, and so he needs the pressure at relief. But even as he asks for this relief, David knows that he can't order God about. That, you know, God isn't your your personal assistant that you can tell to do whatever you want. Rather, David asks for mercy. When God doesn't give us what we deserve, he says, be merciful to me and hear my prayer. David calls out to God first and foremost. The God who is righteous, the God who is merciful, the God who will answer by giving relief from distress. I wonder, do we, me included, do we need to train ourselves to be quicker to pray because of who God is? Call out to God first of all. But then David turned, secondly, to confront his enemies in verses 2 and 3. Here we see what the problem was and we get an idea of what was being said about David. Verse 2. How long, O men, will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek False gods, or as the footnote says, seek lies. You see, by their words, they were, they were trying to turn things upside down. They were turning David's glory into shame. They were speaking evil of him. They were making him out to be what he wasn't. And they were doing this by loving delusions and seeking lies. Donald Trump, they American president talks a lot about fake news these days. You don't know whether you can trust uh, what people are saying or not. But David's opponents seem to be the first batch of fake news reporters. But look at how David responds directly to them in verse 3. He's saying to them that you might run after delusions and lies... You might seek after false gods, but here's something you can depend upon. Here's something that is certain. Something that you can know for sure. He says, verse 3, Know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him. 
Know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. Now as we've already seen, David isn't claiming to be godly because he is good or because he is perfect, because he has never done anything wrong. He has had to ask for mercy in verse 1. But God has and God will set apart his own people for himself. God will care for us. So what David is saying here is that it doesn't matter what other people think of him. It's God's opinion that really counts. It's God's opinion that matters. So even if other people speak lies about him, even if others have all sorts of opinions about him, he doesn't really care. It's what God says about him that counts. And God says that he is godly and that he is God's. Therefore, the Lord will hear when he calls to him. I wonder, are we too quick to listen to the opinions of others? To be labeled by people as this or that or the other uh, and to have that name stick? Listen to what God says about you. In that power and that name, you can confront your enemies. Now as we come to the next section, there might be some confusion as to who David is speaking to. So far we've seen that he has called out to God. He has confronted his enemies. But now in verses 4 and 5, who is it that he's speaking to? Is it his enemies again or is it someone else? It's a bit like, have you ever had the the, um, experience where you walk into the house and you hear someone in the living room saying, Hello, how are you? And so you start to reply to them and you walk into the room and you realize that they're on the phone to somebody else. I've done that a few times and looked really silly. Uh, So I have. Um, But who is David speaking to here? Well, he might be speaking to his enemies, telling them how to turn from their sin. But it seems that he's actually comforting his friends. You see, David's friends are offended on his behalf. They've heard what his opponents are saying about him and now they're stepping in. They're getting angry on his behalf and they might actually make things worse. And so David says in verse 4 as he comforts his friends, he says, In your anger do not sin. Now does that sound a bit strange? How could you be angry and not sin? You see, we're so used to anger being sinful. Whether it's anger at the person who cut us up on the road and you know, nearly crashed into us. Angry over something that happened at work. Or maybe just being constantly angry. So what does it mean to, in your anger, do not sin? 
Well, there is a type of anger that is righteous. Where we get angry at injustice and oppression. Angry at the way things are wrong with the world. Angry over someone being picked on unjustly. Anger at the things that make God angry. But we're to be wise with it. Okay, David says, be angry, but don't let it lead to sin. And Paul picks up on this in Ephesians chapter 4. Our anger can provide a a foothold to the devil. Even our righteous anger. So that it will lead to sin. So be careful with your anger. Excuse me. Instead, David says, continuing in verse 4, have a look at it there. He says, in your anger, do not sin. When you're on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. David says, Deal with your anger. Shut up. Don't, don't spout it. And the Lord will right the wrong. It's not up to you. It's up to God to sort things out. So just trust him. Take a moment and think back over the last week. Try to remember all the times you were angry. And then ask yourself, was this justified anger? And did this anger lead to good or to sin? I wonder what we would come up with. David comforts his friends, urges them to trust the Lord. So David has been dealing with opponents, with friends... And finally, he deals with the despairing. With everything that has been happening with the verbal attacks on David's name and his character, some people are seeing the glass half empty. They're like Winnie the Pooh's friend Eeyore. You know the donkey that's always kind of depressed. and Oh, everything's bad or wrong or... You know, if things are fine, something bad will happen, so we might as well just be ready for it. Everything is doom and gloom. And and that's what some of David's friends were like. Look at it in verse 6. Many are asking, who can show us any good? Who can show us any good? Everything's terrible. They're not going to get much better. Who can show us any good? Well, if anyone can, it's the Lord. And even if no one else can, David says that it is the Lord. And so he prays to the Lord in verse 6. To let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. He's taking up a line from the ironic blessing in Numbers chapter 6. You know the one, the Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. David is asking God to bless them, to turn towards them, to shine upon them, even to smile upon them. And God answers that prayer. God gives David joy. He says, you have filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and new wine abound. He thinks back to harvest time, to the joy that people feel when they have a good harvest of grain and grapes. But God has given him a greater joy, a lasting joy, better than the joy of payday. We get to the end of the psalm, and it's the end of the day for David. So how will he sleep? Just as Psalm 3 last week is a morning psalm, so Psalm 4 is an evening psalm. We've already looked at his friends lying on their beds and, and being quiet. Searching their hearts. Now David says that he's going to get a good night's sleep. Even with all that's been said about him. Even with all the comings and goings of everything that has happened. So how will he sleep so well? Well look at verse 8. This is a, a great verse to remember. And to say to yourself as your head hits the pillow tonight. I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. David doesn't need sleeping tablets or potions or lotions or anything. David will sleep in peace, not because of night all, but because of the Lord over all. The Lord Almighty makes him dwell in safety. David calls to the Lord. He confronts his enemies. He comforts his friends and has confidence in the Lord. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never harm me. Well, I tried to rewrite that. So I did. Words and lies may cause my cries, but God will hear and keep me. You can tell me what you think of that later. So you can. Words and lies may cause my cries, but God will hear and keep me. See, that's what Psalm 4 is all about. The God who has set us apart for himself as we trust in him. The God who hears us. The God who keeps us in safety. To know this God is to have peace in the midst of difficulties. And if you do know God, are you experiencing this peace? Take some time 
with God this week. Listening to his opinion of you. And find the peace that comes from him. And only him. But if you don't know this peace. And if you don't know this God. Then I'd be delighted to introduce you to him. Chat to me afterwards or ring me up. We'll get some time together. And we'll introduce you to the God who is over all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the God who has promised to hear our prayers. That you are the God who makes us dwell in safety. We pray that you would help us to know your peace. And to know the confidence that comes from you. Help us this week to know that you are with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.